look today at a new idea, and I just simply called this part of the series, Imitating Christ. Imitating Christ. And uh, last few weeks we've been, uh, well, actually to be, I guess, honest, the last ten weeks <laughs> we've been in chapter four, and, uh, and we've been looking at the idea of walking worthy. And you remember, boy, we learned a lot of truths about walking worthy, how to do that. We, we walk worthy by walking humbly, by walking in meekness, by walking long-suffering, by walking in unity. And thank God he didn't leave us alone, right? He gave us gifts that enable us to help us to do those things. And, and we looked at all those, the gifts of God's grace, the gifts of the apostles, the gifts of the prophets, the gifts of the, uh, the evangelists and the pastor teacher. And, and they're to do really two things. All those gifts help us to do two things, the major things of that chapter. And that was uh, number one, to help us do the, to equip us to do the work of the ministry. And then number two, to help us walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called. And so that was kind of chapter four in a nutshell. And we finished last week by looking at uh, his call to put on and put off, put on and put off. And uh, some of the theologians will call that rehabituation and dehabituation. We just call it get off the old dirty stuff and put on the new stuff. And, uh, and um, we talked about our position versus our practice, our standing versus our state. And so important, don't confuse those. So many get it confused. Preachers get it confused. We talked about that. They'll take verses like 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old, th- uh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And they'll teach that sometimes, even in our pulpits. Is, yeah, you got saved, and you, then listen, you'll never have that desire you used to have. Yeah, you'll never want to drink again. That's a bunch of bull. That's who we are in Christ. In Christ, I'm positionally perfect. I'm, but I got some struggles, don't you? And people leave so many times after hearing something like that thinking, well, I must not really be saved because I still struggle with stuff. How many of y'all struggle with stuff? I struggle with thoughts. I struggle with... And so, so understand, break those down, position versus practice. And, and so, so here was Paul. We saw in the last chapter, the end of it, just reviewing for you, telling Christians, born-again believers, that you are saved, but you got to put off some stuff that the unbelievers, uh, that, that your lives, how you're living like unbelievers, and then put on some new stuff. And we saw that. He told them to put off the old lifestyle, the old conversation, the old manner of living. Put off lying. Y'all know, y'all know a Christian can lie? Y'all realize that? <laughs> some of the biggest, I believe I learned. Uh, but anyway, put off stealing. Hey, and then put off uh, corrupt communication, put off bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking and, and unforgiveness, and, and we looked at some of those. But here was the important concept, don't miss this, it's not a, just about putting off. you got to put on, but not just anything, you got to replace that hole and you got to put back on the right thing. And, and he went on with each of those truths telling us, uh, you know, it's just as important what we put back on as what we put off. And so when we put off the old man, what we got to put on? The new man. The one was created in Christ Jesus and, and is righteous and imperfect and uh, positionally just everything we should be. We got to put that on and make it, a, make it part of our daily lives. And we got to put on truth. We quit lying. We put on truth. We got to put, uh, put off a, a speech that, that, that breaks people down and put on speech that edifies or lifts people up. Lifts people's up. And then, then we went on and talked about we got to put off, we're putting off that stealing, but we put on work and labor. Y'all know Christians should be the hardest worker on the job, right? And then, and then finally we put on, and this is a tough one, right, kindness and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And so, so we saw the walk worthy, uh, then it's going to be the, where the rubber meets the road. We're, we're putting into practice, putting off and putting on, putting off and putting on. Thank God we're saved, and thank God that he'll enable us to do these things when we yield to the Spirit. 
but that's part of our part. That's part of sanctification once you're saved. It's part of us allowing the, the, the Holy Spirit of God and the Scriptures of God to teach us so we can learn to walk worthy. So here's the goal. Positionally, I'm perfect. Positionally, I'm already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Positionally, you are looking at St. Mike Wells. Amen. Uh, I was going to use some of y'all's example, but I decided not to. But uh, <laughs> Practically, I got some real problems still, don't you? So the challenge for us as born-again believers, he didn't just save us. He's going to continue this thought in chapter 5. But he didn't save us so we could sit on the pews and we could just say, I'm on my way to heaven. He saved us to conform us into the image of Christ. He saved us so practically every day as I yield to the Spirit, as I obey the precepts of Scripture, as I become more like Christ, my practice starts to closely match my position, which is perfect. And I'll never arrive until I get rid of this flesh, amen. But I ought to be as close as it should be, as it can be. And so we only do that, as we'll learn in the next chapter, by changing, putting off, putting on, changing our output, and, cha and we do that by changing our input. And we saw that by being renewed in the spirit of our mind. So, so here's, here's, as, here's the, the final thing I didn't get to last week, but it was simply this. The parts of the Bible you believe are the parts you'll behave, right? So the more we believe what we're, we're reading, that we'll start to behave it. The parts I, uh, I always behave, what I believe in. And uh, the final truth is this. Listen, if you live it daily, you never have to tell anybody. And if you don't live it daily, guess what? You'll never have to tell anybody. They'll know both ways. And so the challenge is let's put off and put on and let's live it daily. Get your, get your input right. Guess what? Feasting on the word of God and your output will be right. So we get chapter 5. Now after review, let's, let's continue on here with this next thought. And uh, he goes into chapter 5, and, and he starts to kind of switch gears just a little bit, even though they're very, very close. And let's just read a couple verses, and we'll get into it. The Bible says in chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Paul writes, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. And quite honestly, we're not going to make it past that verse, but I'll read the next one just to, uh, just to do it. But, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given us, uh, or given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Father, for the next little bit as we just expound a simple truth this morning, Lord, but a profound truth, a, a truth that will revolutionize our life. It's actually a command for us. Lord, help me to to teach with clarity, help, help us to understand, Lord, this is a calling and a command in our lives now that you've saved us. Lord, thank you for salvation by grace through faith alone. Thank you we can't work to earn it, we can't merit it, but Lord, you didn't just save us to stay that way. You saved us to change us, to radically transform us and conform us into the image of your Son. So help us to see our goal, our calling today in Christ's name. I pray, amen. How many of you ever imitated someone? You ever imitated somebody? Uh, give me somebody you imitated. Y'all aren't going to list a name, are you? You're in church, you're scared to say it, aren't you? <laughs> I, imitate, I used to imitate Ric Flair. Somebody, that's, that's twice I brought him up in the past month. I'm like, I never preached. I preached all these years and never brought up Ric Flair. But he's going, I used to imitate him. Y'all know that walk he's got? That little strut. I used to do that and woo, get it woo every once in a while, you know. And we imitate people. And by the way, people sometimes even imitate us, don't they? In fact, I love watching people that are 
those people that are gifted at giving impressions. Y'all ever seen those guys? Uh, I mean, they can give impressions. They can speak just like that person. They got all their characteristics and mannerisms, and, and especially famous people. I mean, how many, how many times have you seen somebody just imitate like Ronald Reagan or somebody? I mean, they do his voice. They do his mannerisms. They do everything about them, or, or Al Pacino, or, or, you know, folks, all these famous people. Bill Clinton, even Donald Trump, of course, just because he was just president, he's, he's often imitated now. People can do him, his mannerisms and his sayings. And I just got to say it's huge. It's huge, you know, <laughs> and you got it. And probably the most imitated person ever would be Elvis Presley, right? Right? <laughs> they got people that make living just imitating this dude and, and doing uh, everything this dude. I, I, somebody told me he died, but it seems like he's multiplied. Everywhere I go, I see Elvis uh, and, uh, and so forth. And uh, Probably my favorite one lately. Now, you'd have to be a college football fan to get this. So, so it's probably only about five of us will get it. But it's this dude that's online, and he, he can do a spot on Nick Saban. Uh, you got to Google it. I don't remember his name. Go on. And I'm telling you, every man really, he's got it down, and it is hilarious. And he can do it, it Oregon as well. So you say, who are that? Nick, Nick Saban's the coach of Alabama. Ed Oregon's the coach of LSU. Okay. And they're major rivals. And he can do them both, and he does a phone call between the two, and he's playing both parts. you got to listen to it. You, It is funny as all get out because he does them just perfect. But, you know, to truly imitate somebody, you know what they got to do? they got to study. I mean, they got to study their mannerisms, the way they talk, the way they walk, their, their nonverbal, the way their countenance is when they say certain things. And, and, and when we get to Ephesians 5 here, that's actually what Paul is telling us as believers that we're to do. We are literally to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to spend most of this chapter laying out uh, all the ways we can do that. And, and that, that talks about, I mean, he's going to talk about things like our love, right? Where the love is Christ's love. He's going to talk about things like uh, our time management. He's going to talk about things like our attitudes. Uh, that'll get us, right? Uh, he's going to talk about things, even uh, our thought processes, and at the end of the chapter, even our marriages. And he's going to cover all these things. And everywhere the command is really going to tie back to verse number one, be you followers of Christ and be an imitator of Christ. And so let's look at this just quickly this morning, just a couple thoughts, just kind of a kickoff for this chapter. And we'll get into the, the real meat of it next week. But look with me, verse number one. It says here, be you therefore followers of God. Be you followers of God. Now, a couple words for you. Uh, I didn't get the booklets out in time, but I want you to get a couple words. You ought to write this one down. That word follower literally means, it comes from the word mimitis. It's where we get the word. We get an, an English word from that. It's called mimic. It comes from that Greek word that this word follower is from. And, and it literally means an imitator. To copy or to, to have the very nature of something. And uh, think about what a mimic does. They carefully watch, they study, they, 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 they try to it, reproduce and do everything the person they're mimicking does. And so you win because you're on the front row, Ethan. Come here for a minute. And uh, so, so have you seen those mimics? You know, you ever seen somebody mimic it? We do this all the time church camp too, right? How many of you do the Simon Says? You ever played Simon Says? Except you don't have to do Simon Says. If he wants to do everything I do, right? If I do that, he does that. And one of the things I love doing was... Uh, I've had the opportunity multiple times now to go to a third world country and to preach and to preach in another language. Of course, I didn't speak the other language, amen. Uh, but but I, I would speak and then I had an interpreter. And what I learned to do is you had to preach one sentence at a time. That's kind of hard for me. I get rolling and I can't stop. But, but you preach a sentence 
And then this person, the interpreter, would be up there, and he's got a mic too, and he would preach the same sentence. And so it was, it was great because they were really good at mimicking you. So if I would get loud and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, they would, da 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 And if I'd stomp, they'd stomp. You know what they were doing the entire time? They were mimicking me. They were imitating my every move. When I got loud, they got loud. When I got excited, they got excited. When I got quiet, they got quiet. And everything they did mimicked what I did. That is the idea of the word follower. Thanks, sir. That's all I got. (laughs) Wasn't that great illustration, but I had something. (laughs) Uh, That is exactly what Paul is now not just suggesting we do. This is an imperative in the scripture. Commanding us to do as believers. We are to mimic, imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to tell us how to do that as we go. So we see the command. I want you to just think about how, how tough this command is. Uh, you say, I, it's impossible for us to do that. We can't mimic the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in such a pagan culture today. How many of you agree with that? Still the greatest country in the world, but it is a pagan culture we're living in. No doubt about that. Can I remind you just of our history here of, of Ephesus? What a pagan culture they lived in. I mean, immorality, wickedness was everywhere. They had constructed that, that massive temple to, to Diana that they would worship. And in there, there was, there was uh, I mean, prostitution going on and, and orgy and unbridled sexual lust. And it was just a, a complete area and ta- town and city of just complete immorality, pagan culture left and right. And Paul writes to them and says, you, now that you're saved, now that you've been called out of that mess, now I want you to imitate, to mimic Christ. And if they can do it in that culture, by the way, we can do it in our culture. And that is the challenge here. That's the command here. It's not only a challenge, but it's a command. Think about how tough this is going to be, though. I want you to think about it. Now, we're to mimic him, and we'll, but we realize there's some things we can't mimic, right? Uh, you know, God, God's perfect. We're flawed. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, uh, God is omnipotent. That means that's a big fancy word for he's all-powerful. I'm pretty weak sometimes, and uh, uh, I don't know about you. God is uh, omnipresent. That means he can be everywhere. Hey, listen, I can't be but one place at a time, and half time I'm not even at that place I'm at. And how about you? <laughs> uh, God is, you think about God's omnipotent. He knows everything. I thought I knew something once, and I realized I was wrong about that. And uh, you're probably like that, too. We don't know a whole lot, right? Uh, God, is, God is, at his very essence, good. You and I are not. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Uh, you know, God, as we think about that, he, he's a spirit. We're, we're flesh. God is eternal. We're, we're temporal. Uh, God, is, God is heavenly. We're still so earthly, if you get honest about it. And God is a complete, complete and infinitely holy and we're called to be holy but guess what in and of ourselves we're completely depraved we're born with that sin nature and sin on top of it yet he calls us not just calls us but commands us here in this text to be an imitator of God to be just like him to mimic him and so forth so we got to learn to do that so so how do we do that how are we going to learn to mimic the Lord Jesus Christ well uh, first of all we got we got to do this we got we got to we got to do the things we see him doing, right? Things we see him doing in Scripture. I mean, we got to avoid the things he avoids. So it's pretty easy. We're to be like God in every respect. And so, so he's commanding us to do something that in and of ourselves would be impossible. But thank God we're not by ourselves. Amen. 
The day you got saved, the day I got saved, guess what happened? We were indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And we were given the power, listen, uh, you know, the power to overcome our sin, the power to overcome our stubborn habits, the power to overcome those things, and the power to live for him. Think about how he, the things he gave us. Let's flip around the Bible just a little bit today and look at uh, some of the help that he gave us to, to fulfill this command, to be a mimic or an imitator, a follower of God. Look over in Psalm 119 with me and verse number 104. Psalm 119. And we're going to flip around just a little bit this morning uh, instead of me just quoting and running. Psalm 119. How am I going to be a learner? See, I can't mimic something until I've studied it. And I can't, I can't mimic something until I've really observed and, and, and did everything I could. How can I, how can I then, if I'm to mimic the Lord Jesus Christ, then how can I learn him? How can I learn all these things. Well, number one, he's given us some gifts. Number one, he gave us scriptures. Amen. How many of you thank for the scriptures? And through the scriptures, we can learn more about him. Psalm 119, 104. If you're there, say amen. All right. Read that with me. He says, through thy what? Precepts. Through the very word of God, I get, what's that next word? Very important word. Understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. If I'm to avoid the things he avoids and, and do the things he does and think the things he thinks and, and, and put those characteristics, then, then one of the ways I can learn that is how am I going to get that understanding of what those things are? i got to get into Scripture. Through that precepts, I get understanding. And then I, I can learn to hate the false and the bad stuff and learn to trust in the good. Look at verse 9, same chapter. Uh, the Bible tells us there, Wherewith shall a man cleanse his ways? Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? Young man cleanse his way. Look at the answer to it. That's a question. How can I get clean? How can I, how can I be holy? How can I mimic Christ? Well, he gives us the answer in that verse, Psalm 119, verse 9. He says, by taking heed thereunto thy word. By taking heed thereunto thy word. So think about it. He gave us scriptures to help us. Uh, every time we get in the mirror, as James calls it, the word of God, it, sometimes it confronts us, sometimes it encourages us, but every single time, you know what it's doing? It's renewing our mind, chunking away at that old man, Helping us to put off that stuff we got to put off so we can put on the new and be renewed in the spirit of our mind so that we can become an imitator, a mimic, a follower, a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he gave us scriptures to help, but he also gave us his spirit to help. Amen? How many of you thank for the Holy Spirit of God? Look with me real quick, John 14. John 14 this morning. And a verse you probably know well, but uh, thank God we're not on our own here. Have you ever... You ever uh, if he just gave us the scriptures, you know, we would kind of be hurting in a way. He said, why is that? Because the Bible says the natural man discerneth not the things of the Spirit. And so without the Spirit of God, you know what? You can open that book and about the only thing you're going to ever really understand a whole lot of is I'm a sinner and need a Savior. And his name's Jesus. And, uh, but man, after we get saved and we have the Spirit of God indwelling us, now you can open that book and it's a... It's a true living book then, and it, and it helps us. And you want to know why? Because we have the great comfort, the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. And one of his main responsibilities, he's got many, but one of his main responsibilities is to teach us, to guide us. Look at John 14, look at verse 26. Uh, the Bible says there, but the comforter, Jesus speaking here before he, before he left his disciples, he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, so there's no question about who it is, it's the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall do what? Teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. 
How many of you have known a truth before you ever read it? He said, what, what do you mean by that, preacher? You know, I remember when I first got saved, and, and uh, it was interesting. I, I, I understand it now, but I didn't understand it then. I had a lot of bad habits. Still do, but I mean some really bad habits, like outward and things that everybody can identify. And I would have thought out of all the things on my list, the Lord would have worked in a different order, to be quite honest. Because some we would equate as worse than others, right? It is amazing. One of the very first things the Lord worked on in my life was my language. It wasn't some of the things I did that were, I mean, bad, inherently sinful, and people could see me doing You know, I didn't understand that. Out of all the things I do, you're worried about me saying a few four-letter words, Lord, you know, here and there. Why? And of course, God in his infinite wisdom, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to call me to preach, right? If 80% of my vocabulary was those words, I had to learn new vocabulary, <laughs> and I better get started. I think I can look back and see that. And so, so, but you start working on these things, chunking it one at a time. You know what? I had never read anything in Scripture yet about speech. Yet the Holy Spirit was convicting me every time I, I said one of these words that used to be my common words. I was under conviction. I felt about that tall. Like, I shouldn't have said that. How did I know that was wrong? I hadn't even read it yet. Holy Spirit was teaching me already. So sometimes the Holy Spirit even, he'll never teach us a, a truth apart from Scripture, but sometimes he can teach a Scripture without you even knowing the Scripture yet. And so, so it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit works. And then, then you take and supersize these together, you get into Scripture. Then you have the Holy Spirit sitting there teaching you what you're reading, why you're reading, and applying it to your life. And next thing you know, you're going to be more like Christ, right? Next thing you know, we're going to start mimicking, following, being an imitator of Christ. And so, so it takes both of these working together. Thank God he gave us the scriptures. Thank God he gave us the spirit. And thank God he gave us the, the, some of the, the sacred promises as well. Think about this promise in, in, in Galatians 5.16. He said, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. In other words, when I obey the yielding, and, and I obey the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, when I yield myself to the Spirit of God instead of my flesh, the promise is I can get victory over everything that this flesh wants. Isn't that wonderful? So, so you didn't just leave us powerless to do this. So you said, in and of myself, it is impossible for me to mimic God. It's impossible for me to imitate God in and of myself. But through the Scriptures and through the Holy Spirit of God, Listen, I, I can make a lot of progress. And, and think about the promise over in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. How, how many of you love those verses? Most everybody knows Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Many, many people's favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine, what? Heart, the Bible says. Lean not to thine own understanding, right? But he goes on and says this. In all thy ways we acknowledge him. And then what do he say? And he shall, here's the promise, shall direct thy path. You want to become more like Christ? Listen, thank God. He, if we want to mimic Christ and imitate Christ, we can't do it in ourselves. But through the Scriptures and through the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us and teaching us and filling us and, and through us obeying what He teaches us and shows us, listen, He promised if we do that, that He would direct our path. So we got the command here. All of us need to study. All of us need to learn. All of us need to uh, apply some of these truths in our lives if we're going to be a follower, imitator of Christ. Now, he's going to tell us all the areas throughout the rest of the chapter, uh, but I want to uh, just hit those. But there's a condition, too. 
Not just the command, but secondly, I want you to see this, the condition. You say, what do you mean by condition? Well, look back at our, our text in that first verse, because he finishes this. He says this, as dear children. Ephesians 5, verse 1, he tells us, as dear children. What does he mean by that? Be a follower of God, as dear children. Now, we know we're children of God the day we got saved, right? That's not actually how he's talking about it. He said, as dear children. In other words, we're going to have to behave a little bit like a child here if we're going to be a follower or an imitator or a mimic of Christ. So, so what, what does he mean by that? Well, I want you to think about this. It is natural for a child to imitate their parents. I want you to think about that. How true is that? Uh, I mean, it, we just naturally pick up a lot of their mannerisms, and it's natural for it to happen. By the way, if you're a parent or a grandparent in here this morning, uh, I promise you, there's some offspring out there somewhere imitating some of the things you do. They may not even be doing it on purpose. They, that's just what they know. They just do it. it. It's what they grew up with, and that can be uh, rewarding and scary, can't it? <laughs> it can be both those things. And children often have their, their parents' nature, their behavior, and their actions, and they do those things. And, and I can tell you, you can be around a child for a little bit, and you can figure out pretty much what their parents are because they're going to walk like them, they're going to talk like them, and they're going to do the things they do. I, I have so many of the man, my mannerisms uh, come from my dad. I used to... Uh, I remember someone telling me one time, and uh, they were just getting to know me, and they watched me and my dad walk down pit road, and we'd walk down side by side. He was usually fussing me out because I didn't win or something, and, but, but we're walking down through there, and, and, and they said, y'all walk identically. You, I mean, you got your unique walk, and y'all, I mean, you just walk, it's like two peas in a pod, and y'all just look identical. No, I've never studied dad's walk. I just, some of it just comes about. I just walk like he walks and, and, and things like that. So, so listen, they do what we do. They, uh, I, I thank God I also care like my mom, I mean, and uh, I have some compassion from her. Listen to what James Baldwin said. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. How many of you heard that saying? You listen, uh, <laughs> You can't, we, we, we've covered it many times, I'm sure, but, you know, I can't really hear what you're saying because I'm, because what you're doing is too loud or something like that. You know how that saying goes? Your actions speak so loud I can't hear what you're saying. That is true. Children are watching you. They're, they're mimicking us. And, and so the idea here, what Paul's saying on the inspiration of God, he's saying, listen, be a follower of, uh, of God as, uh, as dear children. We're to mimic, we're to imitate God just like a child imitates their father. If these truths are, are true about earthly families, how much more should it be true about, of course, our heavenly family? And, uh, and, uh, and we're supposed to be just like Jesus. And so I want you to think about why that is. It's simply this, because he saved us. We've hit it already, but he saved us for one purpose and one purpose only, all right? Uh, that was so we could be more like him. Uh, truth I gave you, you don't have it in your book, but I just wrote it this way. God's purpose in redemption was to make us more like him. Romans 8.28, I, I heard him reading and quoting a few minutes ago. But you know what the next verse says, Romans 8.29? It says, for whom he did for no, he did also predestinate, not to be saved, by the way, but he predestinated to be conformed into, what's the next word? His image. So he's predestinated us to be more like him and to the image of his son that, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren to be conformed into the image of Christ. What does that mean? That means we're going to be holy like Christ is holy. 1 Peter 1 and verse 14 says, As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts 
in your ignorance. Don't be like you used to be. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. That's God's plan for each of us as a saved child is to be like him. And one of the, the primary characteristic of our God above every other characteristic is his holiness. You say, why is that above every other characteristic? Here's why. Every other characteristic derives from his holiness. Uh, you say, preacher, I think that's controversial. Well, you can. <laughs> you say, God's love. The Bible says that. He is love. All right? But that love is always derived from his holiness. Because if he was first and foremost loved, then, hey, we could all get in without, without ever repenting, without ever believing, right? But it's first and foremost is holiness. And as a thrice holy God, sin's got to be dealt with. And sin's going to have to be paid for. It's either paid for, us, for by us through that second death, the Bible calls it, separated from God forever in a place called hell, or you can accept the free payment of Christ dying in our place for us. Isn't that the greatest news ever? And he died, and he was buried, and he rose again, just the gospel message. And, and, and so, so think about it. Because God's holy, he required that sin debt to be paid for. Huh. Because he was love, he paid, it, paid for it himself by enrobing himself in flesh and coming as Jesus. But his love never trumped his holiness. Holiness always trumped every other attribute because it's always got to be that way. And so, uh, so here's a problem. I don't know about you. I can't be holy on my own. Can you? <laughs> I, I, I struggle being anything. See, holiness doesn't come from us keeping lists and rules. You know, we've got to make sure we get that, because there, there's a whole movement in our movement that thinks, you, boy, you got to keep this list, you keep every one of these, and you do all this, and then you're going to be godly, you're going to be holy. No, you're not. You're just going to be a list keeper. <laughs> Godliness was given to us. Godliness and holiness is when we just yield to the Spirit and follow the Scriptures. And, and In fact, flip real quick with me. 2 Peter chapter 1, and we'll probably have to close right here. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want you to see this, this verse because this is where we're going. Uh, as we cover the, the rest, as we get into the rest of the chapter, this is what he's going to deal with. He's going to deal with us becoming holy like he's holy on how to do it and in every area of our lives. See, he's going to empower us. He's going to enable us because we can't do this in ourselves. And uh, 2 Peter chapter number 1, and read a few verses with us. By the way, he has already empowered us and enabled us if you're saved. Uh, the Bible says there, Peter writes, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. So where we go, we got to get knowledge of him. we got to learn him, right? If we're going to mimic anything, we've got to learn him. We've got to imitate him. We've got to understand what they do. So we've got to get knowledge. Verse 3 says this, according to his divine power, we're talking about the Lord, right? According to his divine power, hath, that's past tense, he's writing to believers here, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto, two things, life and, next word is what? Godliness. So he's already given us everything we need to do to do what he's called us to do. He did that when we got saved. See, it's not about me, all, all these lists and rules. He's given me godliness. Is, it literally comes from him. 
I'm more like him when I imitate him, when I follow him, not when I just keep all these man-made lists and rules. It, it's, it's something he's already given me, the ability to do. He's, he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it, it's going to come by what? Through the knowledge of him. We've got to learn him. We've got to imitate him. We've got to mock him. Uh, that have given us, or given, have called us to glory and virtue. Then he goes on to say this, whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that ye might be the partakers of the what? Divine nature, having escaped corruption that is, through, that is in the world through lust. See, we're not just slaves following some demanding master and boom, boom, boom. Here's what he's saying. We're sons and daughters of God. We're redeemed by his grace. We're adopted into his family. We're partakers of his very nature. The great part is, as I learn him, as I study him, as I, as I now yield to the Spirit and obey the Scriptures, guess what's going to naturally happen? I don't need some other list of rules. He has already given me everything to be godly. He's, he's, I'm going to become a partaker of his divine nature, which is going to make me, therefore, holy as he is holy. We make holiness everything else but what it really is. Holiness is derived ultimately from my personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and obeying the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and the precepts of Scripture. It's not, it's not by anything else we make it. Now, y'all know when I preach, I normally wear, I'll get on some things that we've made it. Y'all know when I preach, I normally wear a suit and tie, right? Yeah. Uh, does that make me holy? Some people think it does. Y'all know that sometimes we, uh, we try to sing wholesome songs. Some, some, some of them are newer, some of them are older, but wholesome songs full of doctrine and, and so forth. But does that make us holy? No. See, it's not us individually making ourselves holy. If we could do that, we wouldn't need His divine nature. If we could do that, we wouldn't need Christ. If we could do it all on our own by just keeping a bunch of lists and rules, then, then we we become a works-based religion. Right? He said, no, I'm going to give you the power to do this. No, you're going to become a partaker of my divine nature. Here's how you're going to be a follower of me. It's going to be, listen, obey what the Scripture says, yield to the Spirit, and put off the old man and put on the new. And next thing you know, you're going to be holy. Not because you kept some list, but because you obeyed the Spirit and the leadership of the Spirit and allowed me to work through you. And so, hey, listen, he's given us all this. And so, think about it. We're temples of, the, uh, we're temples of God, and dwelt by a spirit, made to walk uh, in the imitation of our Father. He's holy, we're to be holy. He's loving, we're to be loving. He's forgives, we're to forgive. He's truthful, we're to be truthful. He's patient, we're to be patient. He's kind, we're to be kind. He's compassionate, we're to be compassionate. Everything God is, we're to be. Where are we going to learn all these things? From his word. How do we learn them? By observing him. By obeying the Spirit, we learn by watching Him work in the lives of other people. Hey, you can learn a lot that way. And so over the next few weeks, here's where we get. This is just an intro for you today. Here's where we get. We're going to learn to be like Him. We're going to learn to mimic Him. In just about every area of life, He's going to cover in one way or another in chapter 5. Because when we do that, guess what? We've obeyed the command to be a follower of Christ, an imitator of Christ. We're going to learn how. And we're going to learn how in every area. So, leave here with this today. Here's what I want you to leave with from Sunday school today. Number one, I can't do it myself. But number two, I am commanded to do it. So, I got to learn this yielding thing. I got to learn this obeying thing. I got to learn this learning thing. 
because I can't mimic somebody I don't know. That's why so many Christians or professing believers, maybe a way to say it, don't act like Christ. You want to know why? Because they may know him for salvation, but they've never learned him. Listen, it's when you and I learn him intimately, inside out, that we can learn to be a follower of God that he commanded us to be. Father, we thank you for our time together today. Lord, thank you. Lord, for the impossible command for us to mimic you. But the impossible is made possible when you empower us, when you enable us to do it. So, Lord, help us to yield. Help us to learn. Help us to, Lord, study every characteristics of our Lord and Savior. All the mannerisms, all the speech, Lord, so that we can be like Jesus. That's all I want to be, It's more like Jesus. Lord, help us to be followers of God, even as dear children. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you.